It's a football Friday here on Femi and Ferrari. It's our first Friday podcast. How are you, right? bud? I'm doing good. We're back at it. We took a week off, you know, just right. scheduling purposes. We weren't able to get in uh, at the same time, but here we are yeah. trying to give you guys a little something for the weekend. Our fall schedule is nuts if you think about it. With all that we do as far as high school, college, pro, and then covering the teams and then still needing to get like days off and everything else, it's it's you, a lot of markets like this would have four or five guys, but we have two of us <laughs> yeah. and our buddy Paul, so we got, you know, we're doing all right. Yeah, we were joking that, like, we don't even see each other. I think the last time I, know. I saw you was yeah. last Friday. I know, seriously. It's kind of bizarre <laughs> like that, but... You know, someone's got to be here every day. Exactly. It's, one, it's me or you. So well, maybe this we will be a new thing since it goes with the alliteration of Femi and Ferrari yeah. and a football Friday. Exactly. Maybe Friday's our new day instead yeah. of Thursday. Maybe, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Ne- next week we'll probably be busy because we have Thursday Night Football. We do. So we probably won't be able to do that. Yeah. So but, well, we can, Actually, it'd be good to talk about it on Friday. Exactly. We there we go. We recap the Seahawks-Rams yep. game. For sure. We'll dive into the Seahawks here in a little bit, but to go along with the alliteration that we do have, Felix... Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Last night. Yeah, that was pretty cool. His last start, which will likely be his last start at Mm T-Mobile Park. The Mariners are taking on the A's, and Felix did it one more time for the folks at T-Mobile, and uh, it was was quite the scene. I remember, uh, you know, so many different times that he was just awesome. And, uh, you know, the whole Felix, the Kings Court thing happened just because it was such an event when he pitched. You know, it it was not a normal baseball day because the King was going to take them out. And when he actually came up and from the minors and was such this dynamic young guy with this live, filthy arm, it it was pretty awesome. I remember doing something on him down in Tacoma, and I and I and he had hair that was just coming out of his cap. I mean, he could barely keep his hat on. He had so much hair. And I said, "What is it you like about baseball?" And he just goes, "I love to pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch." I, 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 it's a somebody that lives here somewhere in Cobalt. I have to find it. Yeah, we need to dig that. But up. I was like, "Boy, this guy's kind of special." And, and you know, he was just fun to watch. The complete game he had, a perfect game in 2012. So he, he you know, again, it, it's why we love Edgar so much. Yeah, one one team. You know, he probably could have left. Lots of they, they, none of the Mariners took care of him. But people love their sports heroes that stay. And he stayed. And yeah, last yeah. night, he got a, a huge tribute. Yeah, you feel like in most sports across all areas, this is you rarely find the player who stays and mm-hmm. wears one uniform for his entire career. And, and I know he mentioned that he does want to continue pitching, but right. we'll see what happens next year. But it would be awesome to see if he's just a Mariner through and through. You know, 15, yeah. 15 years, he was 19 when he made his debut, which mm-hmm. is, you know, you say it yesterday, oh, 33-year-old Felix Hernandez, and this is going to be the last time. It's like, wow, 33 is not that old. No. But you forget that he started at 19, so that's a lot of wear and tear on him. But it's Cy Young, multiple All-Stars, a perfect game. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the cool stat that said no Major League Baseball pitcher ever in the league history, has thrown a perfect game, won a Cy Young, and struck out 2,500-plus right. batters in one uniform. Ever. And Felix Hernandez is that guy. That's pretty awesome. What What was wild about him, watching his emotion and everything on on the mound and when he came out, and my son's a baseball player. And, you know, obviously when you're you're young, you, it, things don't hit you as much. I said, so see, you don't always get the play. It, it, it runs out eventually <clears throat> at some point. Uh, and I, maybe that that's what was going through Felix's mind. And, you know, does he sign a minor league contract and end up, like, with a bad team like Baltimore or Minnesota? Yeah. Not Sorry, not Minnesota. Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota's going to yeah, the playoffs the division, with right? Cruz. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, I got so used to saying Minnesota stunk for so long. Um, 
or does he just kind of call it quits? So, I, you know, I think Felix has gotten to, to a point where he just enjoys life, enjoys his family. I know he takes these huge trips in the offseason uh, where he takes his family, extended family, with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he'll get more into travel. And I'm, I'm sure in some capacity, like a lot of the great Mariners, they would find something for him to do if he wanted to be part of the organization moving forward. I thought it was just really cool. And whenever you see the send-off of Legends – the outpouring of people mm-hmm. just drawn on the memories of, hey, I remember I was just moving into my college dorm during right. this no-hitter, or I was doing this, or I was doing that. And you see Russell Wilson even give a tip of the cap on right. Twitter saying, Dwayne what Wade. a legend. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, all these legends of sports in their other arenas, they can all acknowledge what Felix Hernandez meant to Seattle, what he meant to baseball. I mean, it was right. a national thing last night, just kind of tracking it on social media and it feel like from from all sorts of corners of this big sports world that we uh, that we kind of exist in that everybody noticed and was able to at least for one night kind of just tip of the cap to Felix Hernandez. Yeah, and it was really cool, especially like if you think about that. There's two generations that have not no idea what the Mariners and the playoffs are. Yeah, but there's two generations of baseball fans in this area that know who Felix Hernandez is. So he's kind of I mean some of that electricity though, and and what they had last night. How cool would that be? Some October, if they make the playoffs. And unfortunately, in a Mariner uniform, that didn't happen for Felix. Yeah, I think that's probably the saddest part of his career Mm -hmm. is that he, as great as he was a Cy Young winning pitcher, I mean, he was an elite pitcher for quite some time, but he never got to show off his stuff no. in October. And he and, and he can pick it up a notch, too. Oh, when yeah. The, when, the, when, the, when the lights shine brighter, he just has a knack for that. Oh, I yeah, would have he, loved to have seen him on that stage. Yeah, he loved pitching at Yankee Stadium. Yep. You know, like he, whenever it was the big stage and stuff, it seemed like he always rose to the occasion. But, I mean, do you think he makes it to Cooperstown? I mean, wow. n- not, not having played in the playoffs, I know it will probably be a big, Mm-hmm. kind of mark against him. But, I mean, it's baseball. One person can only do so much. I mean, when's the last time Mike Trout was in the playoffs? You right, know? It's, yeah. It's, but, I mean, in my opinion, with what he was able to do in one uniform for so long, I would vote him yeah. a Hall of Famer. Granted, it, he probably means more to me growing up in this area and kind mm-hmm. of seeing him from day one and what he is now. But, I think mean, nationally, I, I wonder what – the discussion will be like when he ultimately decides to kind of hang him up. So we talk about that generation thing. You talk about a lot of people that saw him play over the, the 14, 15 years. And do those voters who can vote for the Hall, do they have the perspective of how good a pitcher he was on some really bad Mariners teams? Yeah. He won the Cy Young with a losing record. Yeah. So it's a matter of do they know that really his win total probably should be 25, 30 more if there weren't all these 2 nothing, one nothing games that he was a part of, not just for yeah. one season. It seemed like three, four years all yeah. the time. Or no decision. Yeah, and classic or... last night is last game. They they get one run, right? <laughs> I mean, it was the only Happy send off, Felix. Only... Yeah, we're not doing any offense for We would you. not like it any other way. <laughs> so, I mean, he definitely deserves some Hall consideration. I think it's a matter of, you know, who, who would go in in his class? Who is he up yeah. against in those years? And, and there are younger voters now. That's why Edgar finally got in. There aren't these dodgy people that say, oh, you have to have so many wins. wins. Well, let's look whatever. a little closer at the record. What type of pitcher was he? And I think that Cy Young record will be indicative of the type of pitcher he was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we saw that turning of the corner with him just winning the Cy Young. With, mm-hmm. I think he won 12 games that year yeah. or something like that. It was, you know, that you... At least growing up, I never would have guessed that a pitcher with a losing record in the season right. would win a Cy Young, especially in a, 
an American league where there's so many great pitchers. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, ultimately, I think that at worst case scenario, his number should at least be retired. Yeah, in totally Seattle. agree. No That's, one should wear a number thirty-four. It's, as you, this, you, same you, with eleven. Yeah. Yep. It's like you saw last mm-hmm. night and the photo of him with his arms up in front of the King's Court and stuff, yep. and just the kind of love that this community has for a guy like Felix Hernandez and the love he has for this community. Yeah, you know, he he grew up in Seattle, became a man in Seattle, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just really kind of a cool story to see. I mean, and tip of the cap to him. It's it's not official, but I mean, his contract expires at the end of right. Sunday, and. You know, who knows what the future has in store, but it looks like that's going to be the final time we saw him, at least in a Mariner uniform, right. pitching at T-Mobile. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes you can ride off into the sunset and feel pretty good about it, and, you know, I think he's going to have to think about that in the offseason. Because, I mean, at best, maybe he gets a minor league offer. I mean, do you want to do that? Do you want to yeah. maybe make a team after going through everything you did and what what would be the commitment level at that point and yeah. uh, his age and everything else? Or maybe he still feels like he has something to prove. So. Everybody should be happy and able to pursue what they want to pursue. So if he does, good luck to him. If not, then you had an awesome run here in Seattle. Definitely. Well, I'll tell you about something to prove. How about those Seattle Seahawks? Mm-hmm. You know, after <laughs> it was all rosy, 2-0 and and everything, but good gosh, it looked like they ran to a buzzsaw against the New Orleans Saints last Sunday. You know, it's whenever you give up a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, Gosh. you're probably not going to win a game, especially because the team is talented as New Orleans. And yeah. It, it was kind of a an, an eyebrow raiser, which highlighted a lot of some of the, I guess, deficiencies that this team has. Yeah, I, I think the, the feeling I had at, as time expired was probably like the feeling I had about the whole game was, okay, Will Disley scored. Yay, thanks for coming. We <laughs> <Yeah>. lost. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to allow you to attempt the extra point or two-point conversion. It's not going to make a difference. So then why did we run that play anyways with no time left? Exactly. Just because it was a formality and we scored. And <laughs> I was just like, the, the whole the whole afternoon I was like, what what the hell is going on here? So, yeah, I think that no they need to flush that game. They weren't prepared. Pete had one of his worst games as a Seahawk head coach. I, and and I he said that. He yeah, acknowledged for it, which sure. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, definitely I think they probably had a renewed focus this week in practice. Yeah, if they, I mean, it's a bad loss. No matter how you kind of slice it up, it's a bad loss. You know, we talk about the New Orleans Saints being a good team, but they're without Drew Brees. Right. Teddy Bridgewater didn't really have to do anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he threw for about 170 yards, and probably right. two passes went further than 10 yards in the air. Well, they all gained him in every category yeah. offensively, but they lost. I mean, it's, it's like you said, because special teams and yep. defensive touchdowns. And yeah. so, you know, Chris Carson has to hold on to the football. Yeah, that's one of the kind of sneaky. I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not even sneaky anymore. But everyone's talking about it. One yeah. of the storylines that's like, hey, what's what's up with Chris Carson? You know, last year, you know, he's he had a heck of a year, but now it's putting the ball on the ground. It almost is it become mental at that point, or he needs to kind of just carry the ball a different way, or maybe, is he thinking too much? I yeah. mean, what's maybe well, got to hold on to the ball at Nebraska. Uh, went on to play for the Packers. I think it was Green. Uh, Amon Green. Amon Green. Yeah. Remember, his he, whole he thing was he had sweaty forearms. Yep. Do you remember? They said, I'm like, how do your sweaty <laughs> forearms affect you in Green Bay? But I don't – Chris Chris hasn't said he has sweaty forearms, so I don't know what's going on. I mean, they, they got him pretty good from, from behind the way they knocked that ball out, yeah. the Saints. And, yeah, I, I'm sure he was one guy in that Seahawks facility and even at home at night just walking around with the football at his side. Got I mean, to. you have to hold on to the football if you're going to get that many carries. He's not going to be a guy that should get nine or ten carries a game. He gets momentum and, and yeah. really gets building the more you work you give him. Yeah, but the and, way they want to play, they're going to give him the football. Right. So, you know, what better team to maybe get after it and get back to going 
the way he could uh, than against Arizona. Yeah, you know, you talk about like Amon Green, one of the famous guys, Tiki Barber. Right. He switched up the way he held the football because mm-hmm. he had a fumbling issue from day one, and he was a good player, so he kept getting the ball, but he kept right. fumbling until I think it was like six or seven years into his career that he switched up how he held the football. And yeah. It helped out a little bit better just because, you know, maybe it's something that like you just got to maybe tuck it up a little higher or. You know, but I mean, he's a guy who's always seeking contact, so he's going to be around defenders. And yeah, he's not really a make you miss kind of guy. And now that he's put that on tape, guys are going to be ripping at it, they're going to mm-hmm. be punching at it, they're going to say, "Hey, maybe we can get something from him," because uh, he's put it out there in the first three games. Would you be surprised if they brought in a ball handling specialist or somebody <laughs> like that? Ball grip, you know, yeah. how to go ahead and actually tuck the ball in your arm and and, and maybe show Chris this week. I mean, the way it sports is these days, there's. You got something it. for everybody. Turnovers, uh, someone for everything. Turnovers so. are the biggest mm-hmm. indicator in terms of who usually wins games. I mean, you talked about the Seahawks. Probably, I think they doubled the Saints in yardage, and they still yep. lost. And they haven't been getting a lot of turnovers, which is kind of not yeah. usual Seahawk Seahawk play. So we'll see what they do against a, a rookie quarterback this week. Yeah, you mentioned the Arizona. They're taking on mm-hmm. the Cardinals. One hundred five kickoff on Sunday. First divisional game of the year. Division yeah. games are kind of you never winless. know. Mm-hmm. You, you never know. It's a winless, desperate Arizona Cardinals team that. I mean, these Seahawks are not familiar with this version of the Cardinals. Right. New head coach Cliff Kingsbury, new quarterback, number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. I mean, I almost don't know what to expect out there. The, the Hawks are a five-point favorite, right. according to the folks in Vegas. But, I mean, this game, who it, I could easily see the Seahawks winning by 25. I could see them losing by three. Right. It's You, you just you don't know. I don't think you'll see a lot of blitzing. I think you see the linebackers helping out a lot in coverage. I, I think that it, a lot's going to be on Clowney and Ansa if he does play. Um, he's a special talent, but he yeah. doesn't. He, I think he, he he only he completed a bunch of passes last week, but not for many yards. Yeah, I think it was like twenty something completions yeah. for like a hundred yards. Yeah, or it was like it that. was not much. So, yeah. you know, how much pressure can you give him? And and I think we're they're, they're still missing Jaron Reed. So it, it's yeah. a matter of you know, do they want to run the ball a little bit, and how much pressure is on. You know those guys in the middle, so uh, it'll be interesting. Plus, it's it's football inside. You know, it's fast track, yep. you know, and, and Larry Fitzgerald's in, in, incredible. Just keeps doing what he does in year sixteen. So, um, and and you said it, divisional games are really hard, and then they got to come back home and play another divisional game on four days rest. And this is a really hard week for the Seahawks because the Cardinals and Seahawks always beat the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. So, and the Rams and Seahawks do that even worse. So how they fare through these next two weeks is really important for the trajectory of the rest of the season, I think. And I think it's really going to test this secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a question mark all throughout the summer, training camps, and hey, we know Bradley McDougald, can Sha- Shaquille Griffin bounce back? What mm-hmm. about these other guys? And this secondary has it's been kind of much maligned so far through the season. They didn't play well against Cincinnati. They got right. torched by Andy Dalton for about 400-something yards. Yeah. They didn't really play that great against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then, backup quarterback. And then yeah. and that was against a backup quarterback. And then last week, they played another backup quarterback. And th- so right now, it's like, okay, if you look at the stats, like, oh, they're 18th or 19th in passing. But they haven't really gone against a consistent passing game since opening week right. when they got lit up for 400-something yards. Now you're on the road against the air raid offense and mm-hmm. Kyler Murray who's comfortable running that offense and you know Kingsbury is going to spread you out four wide and really test the depth of that secondary mm-hmm. that's going to be something to keep an eye on come Sunday it'll it'll be a uh, just to see how they handle it you know how much effort did they put into just defending the pass this week and 
did they get better? Because, again, you talk about this, this, and I we can look ahead. Of yeah, course, oh, the yeah. team has to take of a look at it. Really <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you might as well have a nice tune-up week like this, where you guys learn a lot and your learning curve is drastic, because the Rams are coming to town the next week. Yeah. So you, you might as well get ready for golf now. You know, against a rookie and figure out how to slow down a passing yeah. attack. That is the main thing they do. So you know what you know what they're going to do. It's not like they're going to surprise you. So you know, come with the good pass defense and work on some things. But you're right; they much maligned. I think was the appropriate description for the yeah. first three weeks. And like any other NFL team, the Hawks, of course, battling some injuries. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it, Ziggy Ansah. He didn't practice Thursday. He was limited Wednesday with the back. Did not practice yesterday with the back. Today. Sounds like he was out there. We're going to get the official report here later this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Brown battling a bicep. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, I'd hate to see that offensive line without him. Right. And, you know, at that point, you're probably looking at maybe Jamarco Jones maybe stepping in there at and tackle. Fant played last or, week or when he George came Fant, out. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but then Fant. you lose the tight end dimension exactly. if he comes out, so, and they use that a lot. If you're a Seahawks fan, you don't want them playing without Dwayne Brown. Essentially right. is what we're saying. Yeah. So we'll see what the practice report is, if he was able to give it a go today. You know, he's a veteran, so... Yeah. Wednesday and Thursday practices aren't as important for a guy like him, but Friday is usually when you want to see those guys at least get out there and do something. Yeah, and and again, you know that he won't say it, but it's in the back of Pete's mind. I got to get ready for the Rams defensive line as well. Yeah, I can't have Dwayne Brown hurt exactly. for Thursday night. Yeah, because so. that, that's the tricky thing with the Thursday night football. It's like you want to, you obviously you want to win Sunday because you don't want to be two and two right. with the defending NFC champs coming to town on Thursday, but that quick turnaround, mm-hmm. it kind of factors into kind of who's up, who's down, yep. which guys are banged up. Maybe if we can kind of sit this guy out Sunday, give him a little bit of extra time to get ready for Thursday. Yeah. It's it's tr- it's re- it's really tricky the way you kind of have to. But Chandler Jones against along. George Fant? I don't want to really uh, see that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like yeah. watching Russell Wilson play, yeah. and uh, I would like to continue to watch him play, and yeah. I don't want to see George yeah. Fant having to block Chandler Jones, who's yeah. one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. But, I mean, Arizona, as much as some crazy things have happened in that stadium, the Hawks haven't lost there since Wilson's first ever game. Yeah. And it's been kind of an area where they've had some success. Even The, the games are close, but the Seahawks always seem to pull them out. They they do and at what cost? I mean, I I think that's the important. There part. are some. There are. I mean, the the team won't go into it and they won't really dive into. It. And I I agree with that. Don't give it a lot of energy because then those things can get to you. But we can. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you, you know, but I mean, if you think about on that field, Super Bowl forty nine, we know what happened. Yeesh. Then you have you know the tie, and then that game you also lose German. And Chancellor played their final downs as Seahawks there. Yeah. Earl Thomas. I mean, the Legion of Boom became the Legion of Doom in the desert. Yeah. They lost three of those top four guys, all ended their careers as Seahawks there. And then Will Disley started off brilliantly and then ends up getting hurt last year in the sideline, patellar tendon knee injury. So yeah, it's it's a it's a weird place. It's but I think they're comfortable there. They're used to it. They've yeah. been there a lot. I mean, they're, it's like you said, it's a division game. It's not like it's something new and something hard to get used to. And they bring the fans. That's, There's so yeah. many Seahawks fans that show up there. It's bizarre. So, you know, maybe it works for them. Plus, it's nice and warm. Go down there. Exactly. I was about to say, I was like, I, first of all, I love that area. Yeah. Like, I've, I've vacationed there a couple times, just like Scottsdale, Phoenix, kind yeah. of area. And, and when you're going there outside of summertime, it is awesome. 
Outside like, of you know, summertime. Outside of summertime. That's the, yes. that's the, because in the summertime, they okay. It's, People oh, shouldn't live there. It's a, a low of 98. Like, you don't want right. to deal with that. That's your low. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to deal with 115 yeah. at oh, my noon. God. My sister lives there. I'm like, how do you do it? She goes, but, hey, cool. But in April, it's 85 yeah. degrees. It's kind of, I mean, right now, it's probably a little warmer, probably 90s, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. Yeah. So I hope you're packing your shorts there. So. 88, 90. As you fly down yeah, tomorrow. Definitely. But yeah. it's just a cool area. And, like, you know, the, it feels like there's a lot of Northwest people. Who've well, kind of migrated down to Arizona just for the sun. Most of the people that work the stadium are all Northwesterners. Old, yeah. Older guys, re- retired ladies and men, uh, you know, that's like their part-time gig. They all, like, know Como, and they say hi. They, oh, I'm from Snohomish. <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah. it's definitely different than going to, whether it be San Fran or L.A. as far as the division travel goes. Yeah, it's definitely kind of a, like we said, it's a house of horrors in a way, but right. it's almost like a home away from home. For the Hawks, you have a prediction or anything that we should be looking out for come Sunday? They better win, right? <laughs> Otherwise, you're in a world. I, I, I think they get a lot of things right this week. I think there's a lot of points scored, That's but I, but I, I I think they they come away like with you know 35, 21 type of game, something like that. I think I think I think that they're finally going to get some things dialed in. Last week was maybe the best medicine they needed. Yeah, you know, like you're not that good yet. You might really want to focus on these certain things. So yeah, kind of redial in. It's yeah, it's tricky. That helps with the young team. Starting fast is imperative, but if they get out to a lead, it's not safe because we've seen Arizona. The fourth quarter, for some reason, is when they've really started to kind of turn things up. I don't know if uh-huh. they just kind of start cutting it loose or right. whatever, but I believe in all three of their games, they've kind of really put some pressure on the opponent in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So and seeing Kyler Murray just kind of cutting it loose is. I mean, that's something that Seahawks fans are going to have to get used to seeing for quite some time, but right. he is talented, and he is as good as people say he is, so just be careful of that. That, that Arizona, weird things happen in the desert, as we've, as we've already mentioned. It's that They have a weirdly strange home field advantage for how bad they've kind of been recently. Yeah. It's a weird kind of place, and I just, I'd just i be wary of, of Kyler yeah. Murray in the fourth quarter, and if he's out there just able to just drop back and avoid the rush because yeah. he's he's faster than Russell Wilson and mm-hmm. he might be able to throw it farther than Russell Wilson he is talented younger guy no pressure maybe then you get to that point in the game he can just do just his play. best version of himself and you see what he's capable of maybe that's probably what Kingsbury has to work on is hey you could do this in the first quarter just have that confidence so yeah you talk about get right games the Huskies had one Right, Provo. Wow, last week. What I think that surprised even the most Husky homers. I thought it'd be a lot closer. <laughs> yeah, than that was they, everyone was expecting. Hey, like this could be a sneaky loss, or you mm-hmm. know, like, BYU is always tricky. Last time we went there, we lost, and Jacob Eason was outstanding. Right. I mean, that was just a heck of a performance. Twenty-four of twenty-eight, two hundred ninety yards, three touchdowns. The Huskies just steamrolled BYU. I guess people are used to the Huskies beating Cougars these days. Right. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to hopefully Eric Johnson. I don't know if he listens to our pod. (laughs) He has more important things to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We love you, Eric. But uh, Huskies now, they're welcoming USC, going right back into Pac-12 play. It's one of two ranked matchups in college football this Saturday. So a lot of national eyeballs will probably be on that game, 12-30 kickoff. So it's in a window where the East Coast people don't have to complain about watching Pac-12 after dark. Right. Uh, They can they can watch the Huskies play and it, it'll be kind of interesting because USC this is game number five and they're on quarterback number three right and how long will he last <laughs> yeah who knows? and they're ranked 21st <laughs> and then the Huskies are 17th and so like I don't I thought we'd all thought USC would be down again and then yeah. and then they put together some offense and then they're kind of rolling in the right direction they've 
Golly, what one loss? I mean, they're they're not a bad football team, and they have great athletes there. I mean, they're yeah, year that's after the year, thing. so they can come in here. There's something about I think you saw with the Huskies in Utah, going on the road kind of emboldens you as a team. You know, you come together pretty good, and and that win that the USC had last week over Utah, that that kind of galvanized them a little bit, especially with their third string quarterback. So now they're on the road. It's us against the world. What what will they do against the Huskies? But um, Utah doesn't have didn't have a Jacob Eason. I mean, no. if he does what he did last week and continues to get comfortable week after week, uh, man, he can sling the football. This team has some potential. If yeah. Jacob Eason can play like he played last Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they lose again on that schedule that they have right, right now. It's his he. We talked about Eason as talented as can be. I mean, he was the number one quarterback in his class a few mm-hmm. years ago, coming out of Lake Stevens. I mean, the pro prospects after last week's game are now starting to zero in. Say, hey, maybe we need to revisit this Jacob Eason thing. You know, right. he is draft eligible after this year. McShay and said stuff. that. Yeah, McShay yeah. was he was on the broadcast mm-hmm. down there on the sideline, and yeah. he was gushing about Eason. Has been gushing about him all week long about the performance he had. So, if he's good, that elevates his entire offense. The defense obviously always has talent, but SC coming in, I'm always scared of an underdog USC team. You mentioned it. They right. have talents. They probably have the best athletes year in, year out in the Pac-12 of any team. Right. They don't always come together as a team. Not they the best coaching. Off, yeah. They oftentimes disappoint. <laughs> but on any given Saturday, right. if they can put things together, they can beat anyone in the conference. And that is what the Huskies need to worry about. We all remember what happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. The year that the Huskies made the playoffs, their best season since 90-whatever. And the USC came in and manhandled them, yeah, essentially. Yep. And that was a heck of a USC team that had many pros on it. I'm sure this USC team has... A handful of pros on it as well. They always do. So yeah, it's the Huskies are favored, but be weary. USC is they're as talented as anyone. Yeah, I I wonder the more we talk about Eason, how good is Jake Fromm? If yeah. Jacob Eason <laughs> left Georgia because Fromm took over, I mean that's yeah. a whole another another story. But you're you're right, and every week in the conference, I mean, who who thought? I mean, some of the things weird things happen. I mean, who thought Cal would be the only unbeaten team as of tonight? Yeah, and they look know, good going against Arizona State. So they I mean, so weird things happen. I also saw something today. Uh, Heather Dinich of ESPN said twelve teams that could make the college playoff, and I was like, you know, going through. Okay, where's the Pac-12? Where's the Pac-12? Where's it? Number eleven was Oregon. And wow. that that you know because we can look ahead. Yep, uh, that's uh, what October twentieth maybe or something like that. They yeah. have Oregon here, so if they become if they get this one and then they start thinking, you know, no one's going to beat us at home. They need that type of attitude and momentum. You know, yeah. they have to go down to Stanford and play. That's going to be a week after this one. Yep. Um, for some reason, they don't play great there at Stanford. Which is like the lamest crowd in the Pac-12. Zero home ever. field advantage. Uh, just terrible. The student section is yeah, studying. Which is, you shouldn't it's, have it's problems there. It's a hard school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have to study at all times. Oh, there's a football game tonight. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to yeah. engineering club. Exactly. Um, but that's why Stanford people are in charge. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, anyways, they just make fun of us by yeah, firing all Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think if they can win this one, that's a, that, that's a, that's a good thing going down to Stanford the next week and setting yourself up for October. Yeah, it's really a prime spot because the schedule really sets up for the Huskies. That's what made the Cal mm-hmm. loss so disappointing is that, hey, all of your toughest games are at home. Right. Yeah, BYU obviously was tricky. We knew about that hurdle. But had they gotten by Cal, and then you're looking at it and say, hey, okay, mm-hmm. we have Oregon at home. We have Utah at home. at home. We yeah. have Washington State at home. It really was shaping up yeah. for 
the ball is in your court, Washington, to mm-hmm. win the Pac-12, and that's still a possibility unless Cal runs the table. I right. mean, they need Cal, I, I think, think now essentially happen. to lose yeah. twice because Cal would have the tiebreaker over right. them. But it's just kind of a tricky kind of thing. You know, Cal is playing Arizona State this week. Is that in Tempe or is that – I'm, I'm I'm not sure which where that I'm one is sure located. It, is. it might be in, it might be in Berkeley or so, but yeah. but Cal Arizona State is not a bad team. Right. They, they they play a lot of defense. They won at East Lansing a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so in a wonky game, and yeah. the guy missed the field goal, and yeah, they ended up getting a chance. Herm is getting missed. it done over there. Yeah, but it's interesting to me the USC thing is this is not your dad's USC, your brother's USC, your neighbor's USC. They're they're an air raid team now. Right. You know, we've always seen a pro-style offense with them and kind of eye formation or whatever, but now they're kind of slinging it like how they do in at Wazoo. And I wonder if that kind of gives the Huskies an edge because you mentioned Jimmy Lake and mm-hmm. Coach K. That's like, the strong like, part of their defense. They are very good at defending the air raid scheme. Mm-hmm. We see it every year in the Apple Cup. Maybe that allows them to get a little bit more confidence and be an SC team that is on his third quarterback but has yeah. very talented receivers as we saw them beat a really good Utah defense just a week ago. It'd be strength against strength pretty much as far right. as their passing game, and, and that is the best part of the Husky defense right now. But I, I think the D-line and linebackers are, are finding their way. Um, but the thing would think the quarterback for SC, I mean, he's a kid that was in the transfer portal. He was about to leave. <laughs> and then he realized, you know, I got to stay here with these guys and finish out what I started. And now he's coming Here he is. to town, right? And first, so first trying start. to carve up the Huskies. So that it's just crazy the way things go, I, especially the quarterback position. It seems like everybody who's in the transfer portal, I'm sure, plays other positions. But you don't really hear about no. anybody who isn't a quarterback in the transfer <laughs> portal. You know what I mean? So that's that. I always think of them like beaming somewhere else. Yeah. You know, the, Scotty. Yeah, in the outer space. Beaming up to Utah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. But, yeah, it should be a fun game on, on Saturday. Yeah, another big game, obviously, Saturday. Washington State taking on Utah. Road game, I right? mean, my goodness. That Coug game last week, what a collapse. Yeah. They had it. They were up 49-17 with seven minutes or six and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, third quarter. somehow lose the game. To the fighting 50, Chip Kelly's. 50 second half points mm-hmm. as the resurrection of Chip Kelly at UCLA now apparently is underway. That was their first win. First and, win. And I think that we were just talking a little about how wonky the Pac-12 can be. I mean, how, how do you lose a game like that? Third biggest it's comeback in FBS history? Conference just cannibalizes itself. It does. And I think someone said that on Sunday morning. It it really does. I, I it's kind of unexplainable, really. It is. I mean, is your defense that bad, or did they just relax too much? And where where is the trickle down from that? Yeah. That you don't that the saying isn't hey let's just step on their throats and give them a knockout punch <clears throat> in the fourth quarter. But what allows them to do that? And then where is the discipline, mental that okay, oh wow, they scored and they scored again, and oh my god, it's a touchdown difference. And what is going on here? Who like who in that structure, you know, isn't conveying to the players that you got to stay at that same level all the way until there's zeros. Yeah, it's. I mean, Coach you know? Leach said that hey, our guys just stopped playing. Right. And so they're a know, bunch of babies. A bunch of babies that were yeah. loose and soft. Yeah, is what he said. Those are the two words he kept harping on. Said that ball security. We need to preach it more. I mean, heck. What gets lost in the collapse is that Anthony Gordon threw nine touchdown passes. Right. Where do you see in a college Nowhere. game where a quarterback throws nine touchdown passes and his team loses? Mm-hmm. It's really just 
I, I was watching the game. You were trying to cut right. the highlights. I'm like, right, yeah, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Five minutes later, <laughs> everything else is dropped. Exactly. Cougars only. Yeah, it's like, oh, actually, they lost the game and this and that. And then it's, it's really was just – it was like you're seeing a horror movie play out. Right. And it just – one thing after the other, a fumble here, a fumble there, missed tackles here, and you lose the game after being up 49-17 in the third quarter. Does Mike Leach pay attention to the defense until they blow lead? He doesn't pay, I'm, week not long sure, practice? I'm not sure if he even pays the defense on game day. Uh, no. he he. It's almost the teams that he not always has. Not my department has, thing? It's, it's not my department type <laughs> of thing. It's almost as if they have two head coaches. It's, right. Mike Leach, I control the offense. Tracy right. Clays, you control the defense. Right. Alex Grinch, a couple years ago, you control the defense. Right. And he did and, a great job. And he Grinch. did a heck of a job yeah. then down in Oklahoma uh, now. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy just how he just says, hey, our defensive coordinator, they do what they do, get us right. the ball back, and we'll put up points. That's that's his philosophy. And, I mean, they win a lot of games. I mean, he has turned the program around to – I don't think people thought that WSU would ever be competitive like this ever again. Yeah. And – they're now a top 25 team pretty much all the time, but it's the defense. He just – it was leaky last week. Yeah. Or, or loose and soft, as he, yeah. as he said. And they, it's now it's – they're playing in probably one of the toughest environments in the Pac-12 at Rice-Eccles Stadium that mm-hmm. plays a night game, and they love to beat these Pac-12 North teams when they go to, yeah. to Salt Lake City. And you're dealing with elevation and – and they're coming and off a loss too, they're so they're going to be mad. You're going to so. you're going to face an angry Kyle Whittingham team, and those teams will hit you, yeah. as everyone I'm sure will attest to in the conference. That that is a tough as nails kind of program, and good luck, yeah. WSU. <laughs> That's what we say. We'll see. I have uh, bet with Eric Johnson for three dollars at the new snack area that they lose. Oh, okay. I hope they win. Hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but that's we'll see. That's yeah. our bet. So. Utah was the preseason favorite to win the to win the conference, so mm-hmm. the Cougs will certainly have their hands full Saturday night. But one, we got some breaking news, though. Actually, today, today, Friday, yeah. Did. Both WSU and UW were in the mix for Kennedy Catholic five-star outside linebacker Savelle Smalls, and he announced that he is staying home yeah. and he's going to be a husky. What what, what was it? home hometown hero? Hometown he hero. His picture. Hometown hero walking Kennedy. on water over there by Montlake. <laughs> hey, if he can walk on water, I mean, he promised he and 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 uh Sam Heward will then bring a national title to to Washington. So, if if Hey, if, bring it. If he can walk on water, maybe right. a college football playoff championship is yeah. is is in our future here a few years down the road. That would be awesome. <laughs> you know, the recruiting thing is crazy. Be, and we were talking about before cuz what it was in May that he said, "No thanks, I'm not going to yeah. do you <laughs> May off he, my list." He he said, "I want to venture elsewhere and and kind of just kind of grow up and be away from home." Right. And then he stangled August, <laughs> well, that was the crazy part. In August, middle of August, yeah. is when he put out his top six, and the Huskies were in it. And the Huskies back in. And, and, and the Huskies... So I mean, what changed there? Who talked I, to him? Who knows? I think everybody was just like, in May, after he'd made that announcement, everyone had kind of thrown the Huskies out of it. Like, okay, right. Washington's out. It's If he stays home, it'll be going over to Pullman or, mm-hmm. or Oregon. or I mean, Tennessee was in the mix, Florida State, Alabama. They had offered him since before his sophomore year. They were in the mix. So it was in pretty prominent programs, and nobody thought that Washington would get back in. Maybe they kept working him, kept working the back channels. And he was quoted in an article that just came out this afternoon saying that he initially made that decision just being a teenager. Right. You know, he's like, I, I didn't really think too much into it. I was being a teenager, made a quick decision. And being so young, your mind changes, and 
he changed his mind and in the middle of August said, hey, Huskies are back in it. And now today, here we go full circle. He's going to be a dog. But he can't sign until December. But he cannot sign until December. <laughs> <laughs> he is committed. So, so he could still there, change that mind. There's a chance to where if he's a teenager and has a teenage moment and yep. he decides to change his mind and reopen the recruitment, who knows? But right. as of right now, he the graphic is on Twitter. The yeah. Hometown, hometown Hero. Hometown Hero. I like, check it out. If go it, to it Savelle's is, Twitter it thing. It is a very well done graphic. It, it, it's like he hired a personal artist. Or he did it himself. I don't <laughs> know if he has any art skills. I don't know who puts these things impressive. together, but I'm like, man, next time I need to make yeah. a big announcement and I'm calling somebody, you know. I should have done that when I made my announcement. Hometown, come to Como. Yeah, <laughs> hometown Hero. Hometown Hero coming back. <laughs> coming back home. With a Como cape. <laughs> Blue and red Como cape. That would be great. <laughs> but uh, good for uh, Savelle Smalls, Kennedy Catholic High School. They have a heck of a team. Like we mentioned Sam yeah. Heward. He's a class of 2021 quarterback, and he's uh, probably going to be a five-star. He's one of the top 10 to 15 guys in his class. He'll be joining Savelle. Or yeah. we, we think, obviously, if everything goes well and they dot some I's, cross some T's. And uh, Chris Peterson keeps this thing going. Mm-hmm. And know? their coach is Sheldon Cross, former uh, Coug guy, and uh, – he runs a very similar offense to what they do at Washington State. And so that's why Sammy Heard puts up all those numbers. They're a wide-open offense with a lot of talent. Yeah, no, it's, you wonder how much Sam was working the channels with Savelle. Like, hey, man. Right. I'm going. I'm going? You should go. I'll come and join you. You yeah. got to go. You know, it's, Because he didn't change until he went back to Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, that coming off the heels of being a Rainier Beach, he was thinking that. But then he goes to Kennedy. He's around Sam. You, know? you wonder. It well, makes Sammy Hurd, salesman. <laughs> Sammy salesman right. working yeah. work, working the channels. They yep. say in recruiting, sometimes the best recruits or the best recruiters are the commits. Yeah, that's, just that's gonna, true. Hey, come hey, on man, with come me. Join me. I come, made come my with, decision. Yeah, come with me and let's go win a national championship. Makes so sense, total. We, we wish those young guys the best of luck here. But yeah. anything else you want to touch on? Anything no, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Just, just what, what, a, what's, your, I, what's your flight schedule looking like tomorrow? When are you, when you heading down We leave in time to get there for the Husky game. So that's the first thing I'm going to do. There you go. Yeah, you got an early flight. Five. Yeah, so find Husky game, then we got to go do some stand-up stuff and uh, nice. cover the game Sunday. Yeah, stay in the uh, Phoenix-Scottsdale area? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Scottsdale. That's, yeah, man, that's, I like it in the wintertime. It's, yeah, very it's, nice. It's, it's nice, yeah. But you said, you said it. You should not go there in the summer. Do not go there. I have do a friend go that goes down there. Whenever we go down, we always see her. She uh, went to high school with me. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I tell her, I was like, yeah, I'll visit in spring or, you yeah. know. Fall, winter, sure. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. summer. Yeah, not, sorry. Summer, no, you come up here. Yeah, exactly. It's pleasant. This, it's Seventy-five this is the degrees, eighty degrees, and yeah, that's that's a fun area. So I'm I'm jealous. You guys get to yeah. go down on that trip. We we had a sports photographer one time that we were down there. Matt Standard was his name, and he just looked out the window and looked at me and said, "See all that dirt? People shouldn't live here." <laughs> <laughs> it is the desert down yeah, there. They're but, not meant but to it live should, here. It should yeah. be fun. Obviously, safe travels going down there. Thanks, and, buddy. Yeah, bring back a victory. Huh? I hope so. Yeah, bring one. Gosh, you brought one back yeah. from Pittsburgh, so. I know. 1-0 yeah, on go the road. 2-0 on the road. Yeah. That'd be good. Try to go 2-0. And then yeah. they come home and got the Rams and then a big break, and then uh, you're off to Cleveland. Off so to that, Cleveland. So that'll be a tough game. Off to Cleveland. That will be. That, that could be a desperate team that they're yeah. playing there. Yeah. With how things are kind of sputtering. Out of control there in Cleveland. I'm not surprised. We could spend another hour talking about oh, that team. Yeah, that's group dynamics on that deal. That, that might be the next podcast. Yeah. Because, yeah. hey, it could be. We'll be previewing that game. Yeah, there. definitely. But, but, yeah, also, cool news for us, though. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's going around. Google yeah. Cast. Right. Uh, I wrote some other ones down that I'd never even heard of, but we're on them. Overcast, Pocket Cast. Overcast. You know, it's. Yeah. The cool thing is when you go to iTunes and you put it in, 
and then you pops up. That's, Make sure that's, to subscribe, rate, and review. We want to hear yeah. from you guys too. You know, obviously, maybe in the future we'll get some guests on here. And, yeah, that'd you know, be cool. really do this thing up. We're obviously, you know, just it's it's in the infancy stages infancy right now, stage. but who knows where we can go with but it? But you never know. We're just gonna try to take it where uh, wherever our hearts desire and wherever your hearts desire. So please chime in and. You know, when you rate us, review us, leave a kind note. If it's not yeah, kind, don't say mean things. Yeah, mean if that. it's not kind, maybe just text it to yourself yeah. and <laughs> just just read over. I like that. <laughs> text, text it to yourself. Exactly. Nobody wants to have that bad text energy. Text meanness to yourself. But we don't want it. Yeah, we don't want it. It's, it's a football Friday with Femi and Ferrari. So make sure to, like I said, subscribe, rate, and review, and tell your friends about it. We'll share it all over all of our platforms and stuff. And uh, hope you have a good weekend. Hey, you too, buddy. It's going to be fun here, so we'll see you guys later. Bring back a win, Mike. Okay.